My name is Incia, and you're watching Social Chai with Incia. Hi, everybody. My name is Incia. Welcome to this new show called Social Chai. We're going to be talking about social issues, global issues, everything under the sun. Today, I have a very special guest with me to discuss our first topic for the first episode, which is racism. The guest is uh, Jermaine McKenzie. But before he comes in and we start our discussion, we are going to be listening to a song of his called I Can't Breathe, which is really, really cool. So let's go check that out. Black skin on the cold concrete It ain't my bed but this is my street Now as they lay me down to sleep And all the black men killed by police If I should die before you wake Don't take my death, it's just another mistake Just before my soul depart I write this song with a broken heart this black skin must really be a curse The racism gets worse and worse The cop car has become the new hearse Society more upset because I curse Than a little black child afflicted by this racial curse What's worse? I think about how it all began the hatred towards the black man And why the color of my skin became my sin Can somebody just help me see no, Some say it's capitalism and slavery. Some say it's the religion that made me the target of all this hate and envy. Or is it time to fight back like Rev Avery? Brothers, it's time to show some bravery. So that was I Can't Breathe by Jermaine McKenzie. You can find that on all platforms. You can find that on Spotify, on YouTube. So stream that really cool song. It's got a really strong message. Uh, let's let's have Jermaine join us. Hi, Jermaine. Hello, Encia. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing lovely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming. So do you want to give like a quick introduction to who you are, what you do, just for people who might not know you? Okay, so my birth name is Jermaine McKenzie. Uh, my stage name right now is MC Zanj. Uh, it might change at some point, but we'll wait and see. Um, but I'm originally from Jamaica. I spent a few years uh, studying in the US. I did my first two degrees there in uh, political science and history. Um, but I've been living in Canada now for the last decade. Um, I came here initially for university, 
and I pursued a degree in Mandarin and um, education. So now I'm a teacher um, and earlier this year, I think in January, I started writing um, songs um, after a lesson that I had with, with um, some of my students. So the, the, my, my, I've always had a passion for singing, but it was actually the lesson uh, with my students that this, this renewed interest and made me decide to start sharing my music uh, with everyone else. And so this song that you just played, I Can't Breathe, um, that's the first single that I just released. And of course, it's a very um, emotional song and a song that speaks to the political climate that we see in the U.S., but across other countries as well, dealing with racism at this time. Right. So the topic for today is essentially racism. That's what we're here to talk about. And there is a lyric in your song, which is very specific about it, how it says, yeah. I think about it, how it all began, the hatred towards the black man. So yes. can you maybe yeah. like shed, yeah. shed some light on that? Like, how do you think hatred towards the black man and the history of racism began and how it is connected to why it persists today still in society? Yeah, I think that's that's a very, very important question. And it's something that um, has definitely pricked my mind for, for a very long time. Um, and as a person who has always been interested in history, you know, I've taken time to, to really delve into racism and to understand how is it that people can uh, fill their heart with such hatred towards somebody that they don't even know just by the appearance of their their complexion it's 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 it's, it's incredibly fascinating you know as, as 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 it is ridiculous um but when you go back into the history you start to understand how people are this way and so in in, in from my readings and from my point of view I, I think we have to go back very far in time to really look at how this hatred all began um, racism as we know it today really started in and around, I want to say, after the, the slave trade began, well, the Western slave trade began in around the, 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 the late 1400s, right? And there was a need to create some ideology in order to support the mistreatment of um, people of African descent who were now being enslaved. Um, and so you find during that time, a lot of theories um, supporting white supremacy, you know, started popping up. But um, prior to that, there was definitely issues with race, but it was less racially specific and probably more driven by ethnocentricity, right? Because there's, people have always recognized uh, that there were differences in complexion, right? But in terms of um, just labeling a person because of their complexion uh, with, uh, and, and giving them certain characteristics, you know, um, that is, as I said, relatively recent, right? In the last 500 years um, with Western slavery, but we also have to look back further into history to look at um, the relationship between Africa and other um, countries or other regions, 
right? Um, I think a lot of people, if we go back in time, they look at the, the Arab slave trade, for instance, right? And people look at that relationship and some people um, attribute, as I said, these characteristic to dark-skinned um, people because of the history of that. But if you look at it in its totality, you know, you've had every, you've had slavery associated with pretty much every complexion and almost every culture, right? Whether um, whether it's people who, have rec uh, who identify as Caucasians, whether it's people who identify um, as Asians, you know, our, our Arabs, different people have been used um, as slaves throughout history. But there is definitely something to be said about why is it that even after um, understanding that part of history, why is it that the hatred and the anti-blackness still resonates so strongly even today? I think a large part of it is because of the way history is taught, right? And I think a lot of people are unaware of the great civilizations that existed in Africa, you know, long before any other region, and also the contributions that those civilizations made to other civilizations, whether it's the, the Nubian um, Empire, whether it's the whether it's Kush, whether it's ancient Egypt, you know, all the contributions that these um, great civilizations made to, to human development. You know, a lot of times when people talk about ancient Egypt, they, they almost talk about it as if it's not a part of Africa. And also as if, you know, um, the, the, the funny thing about it, Egypt isn't the first great African civilization, right? There are other civilizations that even predate Egypt that influenced Egypt. So I think a lot of the issues with racism is a lack of, understanding of history and how um, misinterpreted and misconstrued history has been um, perpetuated over time that, you know, people start to associate blackness with inferiority because of the fact that they don't know and understand um, human history. Right. Do you think maybe it persists also because like you talked about the narrative, right? It's kind mm -hmm. of almost been erased. So do you think it's because Caucasians or like imperialists and colonizers, mm -hmm. you know, kind of defined the narrative with the spread of English all over the world and they kind of <laughs> wrote our history. So at this point, the histories that's taught, especially in America, I feel like yeah. if you go into any social studies class, right? Mm -hmm. All the civilizations that you talked about, all the history you talked about is kind of almost lost over rather than yeah. really analyzed or paid attention to. Definitely, definitely. I, I think that there is um, an issue without that history start or how much of that history is purposefully neglected, right, um, and not looked at. And it's very rich and it's very fascinating. As I said, for the last few years, I've really been um, delving deeply into ancient African history. And, and it, it's, it's quite a bit of work because so much of it has been whitewashed or so much of it has been um, looked over for such a long time are ignored purposefully, um, that you really have to be intentional in your search to, to, to find um, the information. But I also think that um, there, there is another aspect to racism and why it persists, especially, as I said, after um, the late 1400s when the slave trade um, began, 
uh, the Western slave trade began, right? Um, and that's the economic element, right? It's the economic element. Um, I remember when I first came across this book by Dr. Eric Williams when I was in grade 12. Um, it's called Capitalism and Slavery. And so it's a very um, voluminous book. It's a very big book with lots of detail, very, very well researched. Um, and he wrote about how when the plantation society started in the Caribbean, right, that initially it was Irish and Scottish laborers that were being brought in to work on the plantations, right? And initially they had used the natives, um, the native peoples of the region, right? Um, but because of how harshly these people were treated and the disease, um, diseases that were these people, uh, the population was decimated, right? And then so they started bringing um, Scottish and Irish laborers to work on the plantations. Um, they couldn't manage the heat, one, that, that's one excuse that is generally given. Uh, but also they were pretty expensive, right? They were pretty expensive to, 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 to get these type of laborers and to do the large scale um, agricultural production that was needed to become profitable in that region. Um, so they realized that the Portuguese had this business that they started um, with the slave trade, the Portuguese that started it. And um, they realized that they could get probably 10 Africans or more for the cost of one white um, indentured servant, right? And so it, it was very much an economic decision. Um, it was driven by economics and not just about um, a feeling of blacks being inferior. Because at, 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 the time, at that time, many people in Europe would have known about many of the African kingdoms that were um, still in existence. Right, whether it's Ghana or, or, or Mali Empire, you know, mind you, some of them were um, on, on, on the decline at that time, but they would have known, they would have heard about Mansa Musa, who is known as the, the richest man to have ever lived, right? They would have heard this and they would have known of this. So they, they know that Africa is not a place where people are just running around, you know, and practicing cannibalism and all the other, um, you know, misconstrued. Um, lies that are often depicted of ancient Africa, you know. So it was very much driven by economics. I still think that the racism that exists today is primarily driven by economics. Um, if you look in certain situations where a person who is racist or who tends to be racist, you know, um, their, their, their position will change whether or not they're interacting with somebody who has money um, or not, right? If it's a rich black guy, then okay, maybe um, I'm cool with this person, right? Um, I look at this person differently. He's not like the others, right? There's always that, 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 that line that creeps in into people who look at racism through the, the lens of economics. Right. No, I definitely agree with you. Like, for example, even when, um, when people first came into America, I remember how the Caucasian man without property was almost the same as, you know, the slave indentured servitude and slavery were very similar, except a slave had, you had ownership over a slave, whereas an indentured yeah. servant, yeah. you know, got to go back. So I definitely think that, but how do you 
think that the economics of this like still persist? How can they still like we see this through black voter suppression, things mm -hmm. like that, you know? So how are they still when now black people have accessibility to education, to everything, almost everything, you know, that the white man has or like others have. Mm -hmm. So why do you think it still persists or what are the systems in place that lead it to persist in our society today? Well, I, I think we have to look at the fact that um, racism today exists because it's systematic, right? It's a part of the system. It has been ingrained into the system, right? So when you look at the fact that, um, especially in America, if we're talking about the American experience, right? If you look at the fact that um, white families over the years have been able to um, build up this generational wealth, right? Yeah. You built up this generational wealth over time, right? Where they're still able to use that um, advantage to um, access the best schools. Right to access better jobs, right? And there, there's also many issues or many um, evidence that, you know, there's been a research that was done fairly recently where a number of resumes with the same qualifications were sent out for this, um, the same job, right? And all the applicants had very similar qualifications. But what they realized was that the people who had black sounding names right, almost over 50% of those um, resumes were pretty much put aside because of the name, right? So, you know, um, th there is many evidence that shows that um, racism is, is still, as I said, very deeply ingrained into the system. So it's not just about um, having access to, to education. It's about having access to capital. It's about having access to property, right? And as we said, for um, generations, um, Black Americans um, have been denied that opportunity to, to build up that generational wealth over time. And we also see um, how the relationship between Blacks and police officers in the States, you know, and we also see the racial dimension that that takes as well, right? So. You know, um, a lot of racism is that a lot of the things that um, affects how racism is treated today is also those internalized biases, right? That people don't even feel like they're racist, but when you look at their behavior, it's hard to dismiss the fact that yes, your your behavior is very much um, racist and hurtful to others. Right. So before we take this question by Isa Fr, I just want to go off of something you said and ask you a question. So how do you think the Black community community can act to like stop this? Do you think they need to be contacting their representatives or like you know really like you know participating in all votes on all levels? Like how do you think minorities can act to help the Black community even? Mm -hmm. So this is a question that has been asked um, in different ways repeatedly over time. Um, but I think the, 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 the Black or the African uh, descendant uh, community um, have been pretty patient, you know, over the, the number of years, you know, and have, you know, advocated tirelessly, um, not just for themselves, but for other minorities as well. Because I think what a lot of people don't realize is that when you look at 
the struggle um, that primarily, if you're talking about America, Black Americans have experienced and the battles that they have won, you know, it hasn't just been to the benefit um, of Black people. But when you look at the Civil Rights Act, you know, that, that, that um, strengthened the, the position, not just of, of, of Blacks, but of all other minorities, you know. And so I think a lot of um, minority communities need to realize that, you know, um, a lot of the benefits that they're able to enjoy today is, is on the backs of, of, of the sacrifices that have been made by Blacks. And that is something that, that, that needs to be acknowledged and something that, um, as I said, minority communities need to use to now support um, the call that, that, that Black Americans are, are making um, and other Black people across the world are making that, you know, we are given our, our, our full humanity, right? We've been patient. We, you know, we're not, Black people are not seeking revenge, right? We're not looking for revenge. We, we, you know, we're looking to be treated fairly and, and, and equally. And that, that's what it is. You know, and I think um, in terms of finding a solution to this, I think we often put too much expectation on those who are being oppressed and less on those who are doing the oppressing. And I think if things are, are going to change meaningf meaningfully, um, it, it needs to come from, from those who hold the, the, the power. Right. I completely agree with you. Okay, so the question is... Do you feel that modern racism in the West can be attributed to a lack of global and quality education? And by modern racism, I think they mean systematic racism and like implicit, implicit biases yeah. within people. Yeah, and if, if they look at what people like Marcus Garvey, people like Malcolm X, you know, um, even Dr. King, you know, um, stated or what they came to realize over time was that the Black American experience is inherently tied to the African experience, right? Until Africa is allowed to once again assume it, its role on the world stage, right, which it, it, it previously did in the ancient world, um, then it's hard for me to see racism being finally dealt um, a death blow, right? I think a lot of people um, attribute certain inferiority complexes towards Black people because they look at Africa and they look at the state that Africa exists in and they often use that as a means to justify their feelings towards Black people, right? Without looking into what is contributing to Africa being the way that it is, right? They don't look at how um, colonialism worked and they don't look at how neocolonialism is still working to undermine African countries and to undermine African independence. So I think that if um, people would take time to truly look into the politics of the region uh, more purposefully and more intentionally, and not just from a European perspective, then they would understand um, a bit better why racism continues to um, persist. But I, but I do agree with, with, the, with the notion that um, the racism that persists today is inherently tied 
to how people view Africa. Right. Um, I think that's really important. I personally am from Pakistan. So my education, I do think is from a global perspective. And in that view, I have noticed in America that information is very polarized. It's either black or white. And you don't, it's all about because there's so many internal problems within America, I feel like they don't have time to look outside of themselves, you know, they're in this bubble. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I definitely think so. Um, so coming, there's another question. What are the origins of racism in your opinion? I think we talked about that. We mm -hmm. talked about how the economics of it and just, yeah, we talked about that. Do you want to gloss yeah. over that again? Oh, yeah, I'll I, I try, I try to be quick. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so my own theory from, from my own you know, readings is you, you look at the fact, as I said, ancient Africa was the center of, of, of human civilization. It's the birthplace of human civilization, right? What the ancient Egyptians um, or the ancient Nubians uh, were able to do at the time when they did it is just phenomenal. Um, but what happened over time was if you look at how Africa is situated, especially in Northern Africa, it leaves easy access for continuous invasions, right? And I think because of how early Africa was able to develop its civilization, it, it, it I think that bred from an historical perspective, a lot of animosity and also um, invited a lot of enemies. And I think, you know, if you look back over time, how many invasions that Africa has gone through over and over and over and over again. Um, and even now, I would say that in, in many ways, the, 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 the countries of Africa are still um, subservient in some way or another, even though they're politically independent to the interests of the Western powers. But if you look at how France handles its relationship with the former Francophone countries, you know, um, it, it, it's absurd, right? You know, you look at the fact that uh, I, I can't remember the exact percent of the reserves of this country that is still de being deposited into the French National Bank, you know, when you when you have such power over a country's economy, you know, then, you know, you are still able to call the shots. So I think, you know, going back to the question that there are some historical issues, you know, as I said, looking back at how ancient um, Africa developed, um, the enemies that it, Africa made very early on um, and the fact that, you know, Africa was just continuously um, invaded over and over again. And when slavery developed, you know, um, I think that created the, the notion that um, blackness, I think a lot of people start associating blackness with slavery without recognizing that at some point, almost every other culture has, has had um, itself being enslaved in one way or another. But I think more than anything else, more than that historical perspective, the reason why we have racism is mostly and primarily due to the economics of it, right? I think um, people look at Africa as being poor. People look at Africa generally as being, as being backward. And um, so they're looking at it from an economic angle, right? When you look at how people view um, Europe or America, right? It's not just whiteness that they are praising. They're praising Europe or America because they view them as being economically developed, 
right? And so there is a huge um, economic factor that plays into people's psychology um, about um, racism. Yeah, but I also feel like what, not what, but like just whiteness is almost, we're conditioned to believe it's equated with success because mm -hmm. I personally, like you research your African heritage, I've done a lot uh, on the Indian subcontinent because that is where I'm from. And mm -hmm. historically, when the British did colonize us, there was a distinct conditioning to believe that fairer skin was superior or more beautiful and more successful, you know? Mm -hmm. And that not only made us hate our own people, but there was also there was mm -hmm. colorism there's colorism that still exists within our society but there's yeah. also a significant population called the shidi people who are actual mm -hmm. africans who were brought into um mm -hmm. the indian subcontinent through the slave trade that are also who also face racism in our country yeah. You know? yeah. so i definitely think and like you talked about the civil rights act i don't think enough south asians know the fact that they're here right now and they're you know the fact that they're american citizens right now is because mm -hmm. of the civil rights act that gave passage to where they are right now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i really want to talk about how south asians can help you know black minorities i know you said that obviously mm -hmm. we need to do start working um in higher places but i do feel like the hierarchy oppresses us in such a way and just assumes that we are ignorant and we're not going to do our research so mm -hmm. how do we overcome that as like as with the south asian community how do we how do you think we can help the black community and other communities through that yeah. I, I think one has to really personally come to a realization that you know humans are inherently equal i think we all have to really truly believe that before we can actually make any steps towards um, ridding ourselves of any racist um, feelings that has been inculcated into us over many, many years, right? Racism is something that is taught from very early on, and we see that in children, right? I don't know if you're familiar with this experiment where they were showing um, little children in the US, um, black dolls, white dolls. Right, I've seen it. What is the ugly doll? And everybody would point to the black doll. What is the good doll? Everybody would point to the, the white doll. Which doll is the, the, the criminal? Which doll, which doll is ugly? You know, and so we, we realize that racism is something that is taught at a very, very, very early age, right? So I think we have to actually come to a realization ourselves. I realize that whether I'm black, whether I'm brown, whether I'm Chinese or Asian or, or whatever ethnicity or nationality, um, you know, because racism, racism is such a confusing term, uh, and race is such a confusing term, you know, especially, you know, in a, in a world that is as mixed as, as, as ours, you know, it's very, very confusing. Um, but I think until we, we, we accept that everybody is inherently equal, then it's going to be hard for us to, to come to whatever realization uh, that we need to in order to overcome our racist tendencies. Because if I continue to believe that somehow um, black people are inferior, brown people are inferior, I can find information to back that belief up, right? right. So that's what you see continuously when people are making racist arguments, they can misconstrue 
and present inf data and information in a way to really support the point if they need to. And we've seen statistics being used time and time again, you know, to do that without really looking at the underlying factors that contributes to those statistics. So a lot of people like to look at the fact that um, black people are disproportionately represented in the prison system in America. Why is that? Why we need to ask, you know, the deeper question. It's not just because black people like rap music, right? Rap music is the most popular form of music form in the world right now. It's not just black people that are consuming it, right? White people consume it even more than black people, right? So we have to look at the socioeconomic factors that contribute to racism. As I said, from my understanding, looking at racism, racism is primarily an economic condition it's a, it's a condition that that is driven by economics and you you had made a point earlier that talked about the relationship between poor whites right when in the, when the colonies were being formed and poor blacks that's even before um slavery was institutionalized right and how they actually work together right against the 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 the, the land owning interests right they saw that their common foe was the people in power, right? right. And when power realized that, oh, we have a serious problem here when poor whites and poor blacks are teaming up against us, so we need to cause a division, right? And so they didn't work necessarily to improve the plight of poor whites, but they made poor whites slightly a little better on an economic ladder than blacks were. Right. right. And so just to create that, that, that buffer zone, right? To let these people fight amongst their, themselves while we continue to, you know, um, take an, a disproportionate portion of the economic pie, right? And I think that's where a lot of the ugliness, you know, from racism comes in, you know, whether it's anti-black racism, whether it's anti-brown racism, anti-yellow um, or Asian or mongoloid racism, you know, uh, a lot of it is driven primarily by economics. Because let's look at it. Um, if we look at what Black people in America has been able to achieve, you know, even after um, 400 years, you know, of oppression, right? If you look culturally, um, I think Barack Obama said it best, Black culture is American culture. If you look at what is being, you know, uh, packaged up, rebrand and, and sold to the rest of the world. <laughs> it is black culture, right? If you look at all the music forms within America or even throughout the world, you know, um, the contributions that, that black people have made are, are endless. If you look not just in arts, but even in the fields of, of, of science, right? And as I said, a lot of these um, histories are purposefully neglected, purposefully neglected, right? because they would work towards dispelling the myth of racism that has been perpetuated for such a long time. Right. Um, there's someone talking about Muslim discrimination over here. I just want to clarify mm -hmm. that today's episode is about racism and specifically about the racism that the Black community faces. So I want that this to be a platform today for that and we can discuss Muslim discrimination at another time and that plight is also important. Uh, and before I go to the question that was asked, uh, I just wanted to talk about, uh, so 
there is not to sound disrespectful, but in South Asians, there's a prevalent perception, especially in the older generations, when you talked about the economics, especially that yeah. black people are lazy and they live on welfare, especially in America, right? It is very prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like, especially yeah. for younger South Asians, even though it's a very uncomfortable talk to have, it definitely yeah. needs to be, like you said, you know, like educate yourselves, educate yourself on yeah. black history. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like to younger South Asians and even older ones, middle-aged ones, like definitely have that talk, talk to your parents about the fact mm -hmm. that that is not true. That is just, uh, th that is a very like, you know, misconstrued and manipulated image that's put on media that mm -hmm. we all believe that narrative and that stands on that. So I think yeah. definitely that. And I also think that there's a model minority myth that's in place, mm -hmm. which makes mm -hmm. Asians believe that if you just work hard, you know, you, you will do well. And it's because that the black community do doesn't work hard and doesn't strive. That's why they're in the position that they're in. And I feel yeah. like yeah. South Asians need to understand that there are systems in place to make us believe that. And mm -hmm. that is in fact not true. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely have that uncomfortable co co like conversation and um, yeah, educate yourselves. Yeah, so Definitely. there's another question by Fezu Tube. Are other colored communities as badly affected with racism or does the intensity increase when it comes to the black community? I think they're talking about mostly in North America, in Europe, mm -hmm. when they say that. Yeah, uh, it's a very good question. It's a very important question. Um, and I would, off the top of my head, say yes. And the reason why I would initially say yes is because um, throughout the different countries that I've lived in and from what I've read and what I've seen, there is a lot of anti-blackness in pretty much all the societies across the globe. Whether it's Chinese, whether it's the Indian society, whether it's uh, white society, there's a, lot, a strong anti-blackness sentiment that is, is is found throughout those communities um and as i said <laughs> a lot of it as you just pointed out is based on those myths you know that have persisted you know um to call black people lazy is is pretty is pretty um pretty lazy intellectually lazy Right? If you want to call black people lazy, you really have to catch up on your reading because um, America is nothing without the, 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 the work and the labor um, that black people um, put in to build that country. Right? It's nothing without, and it's still nothing without the continued um, efforts that black people make um, to keep America um, uh, the way that it is. Right? Because as I said, you know, culturally, the things that you know, that America like to sell abroad. You know, um, if you look at the contributions that, that, that Blacks have made to that, it's profound, right? A lot of people look at America uh, positively because of um, the changes or some of the changes that came in, as you said, with, as we mentioned earlier with the Civil Rights Act, right? That that's work was primarily done by, by Black people. Right? And that's something that has to be acknowledged. And I said it needs to be understood. And once it's understood, I don't people, I don't think people who hold that notion that somehow black people are lazy can can continue to do so. When you look at what um, poor black people have been able to accomplish, you know, with with um, minimum wage jobs, you know, uh, 
in underserved communities, right? In, 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 in communities with poor schools, horrible schools, right? And what they've still been able to accomplish and how dominant they have been able to be in, in, in certain um, sectors that have been open to them. You know, I, I think the argument really dies a quick death that black people lazy. Like, um, you know, the reason why black people have been so successful in, let's say, arts and um, sports, it's not because they can't be as successful in, in science or in business, but it's because those fields were primarily open to them before the other fields um, were open, right? Um, you know, people have always, a lot of people who have always hated black people have always loved black music. You know, if you go back to um, the 60s, you know, um, a lot of the, the, the prominent white musicians were, were singing black music. White people who hated black people were dancing to black music. And it's still happening today, right? Um, so, you know, a lot of people who are racist still watch basketball, right? You know, the effort that it takes to become a professional athlete, if one is able to, to, to put that effort into any other field, that, then that person will be just as successful. Right. Or even more successful, right? Because I, I think less than 1% of humanity will, will, will become professional athletes because of the tireless, tireless, tireless um, effort that it takes. Right. So as I said, racism is, is a bunch of hogwash. And if you look at it from any angle, that's, that's really what it comes down to. You know, uh, but if people want to spend time uh, believing that somehow they're superior, they'll find anything to believe. Any, any little information that is found, they will, they will package it and, and believe it. But until we are able to come to a realization in our own selves that we are all inherently equal, regardless of our religion, regardless of our beliefs, regardless of the, our complexion, then um, <laughs> then we, we will still have racism in, in some form. Right. Before I have you let you have the last word, I just wanted to say that it's really important, like you said, racism in its entire, entirety is so irrational. And I think we need to stop letting those in power and the hierarchy fool us into believing these lies and letting people control us, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and the fact, especially for to the South Asian society, because I know most of our audience right now is uh, South Asian, for your ignorance, for, for like, you know, your lack of education, um, go do that, recognize your implicit biases, and it's mm -hmm. fine to feel uncomfortable as long as you're improving yourself and progressing, no one is going to cancel you or call you out as long as you're improving. And go support black businesses, promote, when you mm -hmm. listen to black music, share it on your Instagram, you know, do that. Like give, give black people a platform and do everything you can. It doesn't necessarily have to be monetarily. You can support the black community in a lot of different ways, I feel like too. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, just that, be kinder to people. We're like you said, we're all inherently good and we're all, all inherently equal. So just that on my part, it's all on you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So once again, um, thanks so much for giving me this opportunity to, to speak on this very 
um, important topic, a topic that, you know, is, is getting a lot more attention um, these days, um, but it should have been getting attention for a much, much longer time. And it's still not getting the attention that I think it truly deserves. Um, but, you know, it's either we come to a realization that we're all in this together, or we continue to move down a path that is pretty much guaranteed um, that we're going to self-destruct. And I'm hoping that that is not where we end up and that we'll come to realize that, you know, um, we can live a much more happy, a much happier, a much more um, fruitful, prosperous life, you know, if we all work together. You know, and we, we need to stop this endless competition about which one of us is better, you know, which one of us is the best. You know, it's 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 a really useless um, endeavor. You know, um, there is so much beauty to be experienced in life if we just realize that we are all coming from the same place and we are all going to the same place because whatever right. we believe in this life, you know, two things are promised to us, you know, that's, you know, once we are born, we will die and we will die within an unspecified period of time. And so while we have life, I think we, we, we owe it to ourselves to be a little more gentle, a little kinder, and to understand that um, we're all one. And so, you know, wake up every day and question anything that is leading you to believe that somehow your complexion makes you or your culture makes you or your religion makes you superior to others. You need to question that. You need to question that every day, right? right. Because, um, I didn't come to where I am at now, you know, in my thinking um, without asking myself those, 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 those difficult questions, you know, even about my religion, right? I, I had to ask myself some very tough questions, you know, and to realize that, you know, um, I, I need to remove myself from any thoughts that would put me above any other human being. Because once I can think that I'm better than someone, then I am contributing to the dehumanization of somebody else. Once I see someone else as less than, then that's how it starts. It starts with those small dehumanization. That, oh, you know, my culture is better because I use fork and that person uses chopstick or that person uses their hand to eat, right? The food is going into your body and it's doing what it needs to do regardless of how it gets there, right? Our, 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 you know, our cultures are shaped by our surroundings and by our historical experiences. It doesn't mean better than the other. And once we come to that realization, then we are going to be able to um, cast off racism and treat it for what it is. But right. until we are able to do that, then we're going to have a, a real tough time dealing with it. And, you know, you mentioned the support that is needed. A lot of support is needed. I saw someone um, wrote a question about the anxiety that comes with, with, with racism. And I think that's an important um, question to ask. Is The relationship is very strong. Because I, I remember, you know, some of the times when I watch these videos of black people being mistreated, being killed by police officers or, or some other form of racism, you know, I feel like I'm being re-traumatized every time I, I have to witness something like this. 
And, you know, it, it can put you into a very dark place. You know, those feelings can put you into a very dark place. And so, yes, there's a lot of trauma, there's a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety with coming um, to seeing how people are treated that look like you because of their complexion. It, it really does a lot to dis disrupt and destroy your mental health. So we all have a role to play to be kinder, uh, more gentler uh, with each other. And as Bob Marley reminded us in his, his song, one love, you know, one heart, let's and feel all right. And right. thank you again for really having me. I appreciate it. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's tragic that we still have to that the black community still has to experience this reality. Like we we look at it at it from an outside perspective, but this is an actual reality for people. And I, it just shows us we've we've not done our part as a community. But mm -hmm. now is the time we can still do things now. Um, so get get to that, I guess. Get to that. <laughs> um, I think it was Dr. King who reminded us that uh, about the, um, the fierce urgency of now, like, you know, regardless of what happened in the past, we have the now to correct those things. We have the now to make things right. And it's all of our responsibilities, not just those in power, right? We like this day and age to point all our fingers at Trump, but Trump is the product um, of a history that's long. He's also the product of the, I think, 50 million people that voted for him, right? So it's not just him, and it won't change once he is gone um, because it was there before he was in office. So we all have to realize that we have an important role to play in combating racism and all other forms of discrimination to begin with. Right. The bill that just came out uh, in response to the protests the Republicans clause that they added to it was uh, moderate deliberation, right? Mm -hmm. Which means to do it slowly, right? To enact mm -hmm. law slowly. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a radical change is needed and it needs to happen now. And yeah, just just go for it. Uh, yeah. Thank you for <laughs> joining us, Jermaine. Thank you for joining us today. I learned a thank lot you. today and I'm sure people who were exposed to your perspective to your experiences also learned a lot. Just thank you for being here. And thank you for yeah. having me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, so I appreciate it. Okay. So I guess this is the end of our show. I hope you all enjoyed it. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for contributing to the discussion. And yeah, this is Incia with Social Chai. We'll be bringing in new episodes every Sunday, same time. So stay tuned in and bye.